Here's a cool fact. A crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Another cool fact, you can get short-term health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans are designed for people who are between jobs, coming off their parents' plan, or turning a side hustle into a full-time gig. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. Get more cool facts about United Healthcare short-term plans at uh1.com. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus get 15% off your first order at bowlandbranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. Hello and welcome to Old Brother, a podcast about Salford slash Manchester's legendary and much-missed musical institution, The Fall. Each week... We invite along a guest to chat about their experiences and memories of the group. A group of whom John Peel once famously said, you might want a different quote, but it's always the same quote. If you're wondering, we consist of me, Paul Hanley, and my brother Steve, who, as you probably know, was a member of The Fall for 20 years. You can find us at all the usual suspects, of course, but we're hosted at play.acast.com forward slash s forward slash oldbrother. Hope you enjoy it. Right. We're on, I think. Okay, right. So this is the... Hey, it'd be you. Right, uh, right. so this is the inaugural... This is just the... This is just the try one. out, isn't it? Well, I don't know. If you come out with something scintillating, like, we, we could put it out. Mm. You know. Yeah, okay. You, you tell us where the bodies are buried. So, this is the inaugural uh, podcast about the fall that me and my brother Steve decided to do. Uh, obviously, most weeks we'll have... Fantastic guests on who I can't mention yet because none of them have said yes. Can't even get Mark Riley to bloody agree at the minute, but uh... <laughs> we've not asked anyone else yet, have we? <laughs> well, I kind of mentioned it to a few people, but we'll see anyway. But yeah, we'll, we'll edit this bit out because there'll be loads of fantastic guests on here. Yeah. So, so for this week, we're yeah. gonna have to make do with you. So if we talk about your time in the fall, that's all Ooh. my time covered as well, isn't it? That's a long time, yeah. Yeah, we're not gonna cover it all, but what I'm saying, you can't miss any of my bit, can you? If it do your bit. Oh, no, oh, no, no, no. Right. So the first thing I wanted to ask you, oh, you've got to say who you are. For, for the take, then. I'm. My name is Steve Hanley. <laughs> I played bass in the fall. Right, OK. Between na- 1979 and 1998. OK. We'll get on to 1998. Which is, which is, 19, which is 19 years, but I do like to think of the year I spent as a roadie. As counting towards it as right, the okay. twenty years. Right, okay. That means that means Ian McCulloch was in the band for a year as well, then, doesn't it? 
He never lifted it. Roddy, I never saw him lift anything. <laughs> Did a comb occasionally, comb his hair. Yeah, a can of hairspray. <laughs> <laughs> him and Julian Colt used to turn up, but I think the roadie's stretching it a bit. Also, well, no more, is it stretching it more than 20 they years? Talk to Mark while, they talked to Mark while me and Craig loaded to that. Yeah, yeah, you're not on that photograph, are you? He's, you know, not, not no, short. I'm in the putting the Carl's kit away. <laughs> <laughs> right, so I was going to I, wanted to, I wanted to know the first time, when did the first time you ever came, the fall appeared on your radar then? Right, well, I think it was Supporting Magazine. I mean, this, we'll have to check all this out, won't we? But I, I think it was Supporting Magazine at the at Rafters. Right, so that was, so you, went, you went to see Magazine, so, did you? Yeah, obviously, because of the Howard Devote old Buzzcocks connection. Okay, so, uh, so that was, so that was, so... That was after the electric last night of the electric circus, then. Was it? Well, the, f- the magazine's first gig was the last night of the electric circus, wasn't it? Oh, well, that's can't. Be right then. So you, I was no, going to say something. Yeah, but mate, did you did you see the fall at the electric circus? Yeah. Right. Well, that must be your first time, then, mustn't it? If you saw magazine, if, if it was magazine at the wrapped up because the electric first night. Oh well, yeah, it, it must have been then. Yeah. That was definitely their first gig. Yeah, you're right. You're right. I know I am. <laughs> This is called doing your homework, there, Stephen. Yeah, I'll, I'll I'll look this up for next time. <laughs> so, so right then. So the first time you saw uh, quick edit, first time you saw the fall, I believe, was at the Electric Circus the last it's night. Is that right? Circus, right? And which is strange because what I don't. Why would they make such an impact to the, with on with all them other bands? Who the fall? Yeah. yeah, but you didn't go and see them though, did you? Maybe they didn't. Maybe they didn't make an impact at Electric Circus. So you, but magazine did. So you went to see them, and then yes. So that's why you think it was the first gig because you didn't really notice the fall. Maybe. Yeah, maybe that's it then. Yeah. Where does the homemade T-shirt come into all this? Well, this then? this is a good question. So presumably, he didn't make the home. This is uh, for those listening at home. Mark Riley always says that after the first time he saw the fall. He made a T-shirt of the fall, and that was what got him the job as a roadie and then a member because Mark e. Smith clocked him wearing a fall T-shirt. So let's, if we're putting this a tentative timeline together, you went, you all went to the Electric Circus magazine, blew you away. This is the greatest band I've ever seen. I'm gonna follow these forever. Didn't yeah. even, didn't well, even notice the fall. Well, didn't even notice the fall, and then magazine played rafters, and you went, and then you actually decided you quite like the fall. Was that that? Yeah, that that can't. That's... I wouldn't say didn't notice, but that kind of makes sense. <laughs> that does, yeah. I wouldn't say didn't notice. But... So, presumably the, the rafters gig... When, was... when you went to the electric circus, you were just more worried about getting out alive. Yeah. <laughs> Bloody hell, yeah. Colliers, wasn't it? Rough. Yeah. yeah. All around there, though. I mean, Bellevue and... Well, I suppose Bellevue's more east, isn't it? But Bloody hell, yeah. some rough places in Manchester then you go to go and see gigs. Christ almighty. It was. Yeah. Take your life in your bleeding hands. Well, yeah, just the walk from Piccadilly was bad enough. So did you walk from Piccadilly to Electric Circus? Yeah. Well, how far's that then? It's not, it's not that far. Where is it though? So is it where's Collius? Is that Miles Platin kind of way? Is it? Yeah, well, it's, I think it's halfway between Piccadilly and Miles Platin. Oh, right, so it's not like a cock stride then. No, no, no. Right. Okay. But, uh, so that's a bit look... like the Warriors. <laughs> it's a bop your way, bop your way back to Willingshaw. Yeah, yeah. 
<laughs> so that was the Tony Friel Una, wasn't it, lineup? The both of those gigs, I presume. Yeah. That must have been, so when did Tony leave then? It was what would have been not long after that, presumably, wouldn't it? Not, not long after that. Because I do remember noticing him because I obviously I just started playing the bass around then. Right. So I do remember noticing him somehow in me. What was it? Look at him! Look at him using using more than two fingers. Well, yeah, okay, he can play. <laughs> <laughs> no, I remember him as kind of holding it. He did hold it together, didn't he? Well, yeah, he was. If you listen, a lot of the songs were based around his yeah. tunes, and it was kind of like a a reggae kind of thing, wasn't it? Well, I mean, the two that are on that electric circus, Last Orders and Stepping Out, they're. I mean, they're basically just the bassline, aren't they? Well, really, pretty yeah. much. Martin, no. Martin's not doing much on him. He's playing rhythm guitar, but it's not like he's cutting it. Mm. No, it's a lot. A lot of it's built was built around the bass. So yeah. So then he left, and then who got in? Was it Eric after that? So yeah. So which is funny because I don't know what the next time we saw him after that. Yeah. But they would have already had a different bass player. Yeah. I think it was. I think it was. Well, I'm not sure whether it was the squat or not, which was Eric's last gig. So you never saw him with what's his name, the guy who did the sleeve for Bingo No, Masters. Johnny Brown. No, he wasn't no. in long, was he? I don't think so. Was he? I don't know if he, how many gigs he did. If he did, they're not many. many. No, but it's in that. It's, but funny. it's funny. It's funny though that that was just a natural thing that. Oh, they've got a different bass player, so that just arms all the time. <laughs> Little were you to know. Well, did we know? <laughs> <laughs> ah. Yeah, so in that John Cooper Clark he mentions Eric. Well, it's Rick Goldstraw, isn't it? And he was in the band called The Ferret, so that's presumably that's why he's called Eric The Ferret, because he was... Yeah. I presume. So what's his name? Is it Eric or Rick? It's, I think his real name's Rick Goldstraw, isn't it? I don't know. I've not, but, legend would have it. And his nickname's Eric the Ferret, but uh, yeah. well, I don't as, know. As in Eric from the Ferrets, presumably. Mm-hmm. But I mean, so what, did we see? I don't know if we saw them in between that rafters, and did we? Because I, well, I remember that Eric's last gig at the Squaw. Right. And we've been quite friendly with Mark and chatting to Mark before it. And yeah, what did what was Mark no, Riley wearing? Ah, uh, there was <laughs> some time getting to know them. We went to we after Mark Riley got chatting to Mark Smith. Right. We went to the first time we had ever had a proper night out was we went to see the passage. Well, there's a, there's a good laugh. The on, there's a good laugh for a night out. Bloody hell! The band on the wall. Right. Which, of course, is another excellent. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Do you, you mean the first time you had a night out with, with The Fall, with, with Mark? With, with Mark Smith. Right, OK. No, it, it was Mark Smith met us in town, in a pub in town, and it was just me, Mark Smith, Mark Riley and Craig. Right, OK, and you I went mean, to see The Passage. We went to see, see The Passage on the band on the, at the band on the wall, yeah. Oh, so, he, so he left on fairly friendly terms then, presumably, Tony? Well, yeah, I think so, yeah. Must have done, must they didn't see, didn't seem to be any animosity that night. No. Yeah, fair enough. So, well, I mean, do we do we know why he left? I don't know. I think, well, presumably, if you if you put in the uh, you know the standard reason for leaving around that time, it was because they didn't Mark want Mark was second over. <laughs> I think yeah. didn't a K became didn't K become the manager then, and then Tony didn't. 
like like, like yeah, the direction the band was going in. That's that's pretty much the standard uh, reason for yeah. moving in them days, wasn't it? Yeah. Unless well, they did, you know, they didn't seem to be any, they didn't seem to be any animosity between the two of them that night. No. So there was a, there was a kind of gradual getting to know Mark right. with a few nights out and then going whenever they played Manchester. Right. So then. What happened when... Here's a, here's a good one for you. You were learning to play the bass. Mark was a guitarist. Yeah. How did he end well, up bass playing? Well, I was playing, playing the bass. Yeah, I know. In a fashion. Because <laughs> I've done... <laughs> We've done you the were. gig with the sirens by this time, haven't we? Yeah, I think, I think so. But, yeah. I mean, how did he end up bass playing in the fall? And so, just because just well, he had a T-shirt. Well, because of the T-shirt and, <laughs> and the getting to know and all that, right. he, he, he became the roadie, didn't he? Right, well, I don't. I was only a young lad at the time, so that's what I'm saying. So he he was more in in with them's the wrong word. He was friendlier with them than you, kind of thing. He well, he was, and he had a lot more time than I had. <laughs> I think there was times because I was working and at college, right? And I was working weekends and working in the week, and I was at college all day. And I think Mark had just left school and wasn't doing anything. Right. Okay. Just trying to figure out what he wanted to do. Right. So there was a lot more. It's, it, he had a lot more free time, and he used to go to the rehearsals and hang out and yeah, get to know them, and See, and then it gradually become the roadie. Right. Well, I have a memory, and I'm, I'm pretty sure... So I think they, Mark went to see the fall when I didn't go because I was working. Right, that makes sense. But I'm, I have a yeah. memory of going to see him rehearse before you were in the band. Yeah, we went to we went to TJ Davis and yeah. didn't we, one afternoon, I'm sure. Yeah, I'm sure we did, because I, I might, like I can say, you'd always worry, wonder whether these are constructs of memory, but I'm sure they did... It's the new thing for the first time. Mark had the words... Sure, I remember right. that. But, I mean, yeah, because that was a that was, they were big rooms, weren't massive. They? Yeah, I mean, it's, it's it was uh, later on that was definitely not a thing that people had come to a rehearsal. No, no but it, it was it was definitely a thing like then because I went to three or four. I went to the yeah. one one with Mark Riley on Mark on bass. And I'm sure Mark showed me the words to "It's the New Thing" or someone. Sh- I mean, I, ca- I can't believe that because if he did, I remember go- going to T.J. Davidson's with Eric on, but watching him rehearse with Eric on bass. Yeah. yeah. But I mean, if he did show me the words, that's the only time in the whole of my interaction with Mark <laughs> that he yeah, showed, showed me the words. Yeah. Because I remember thinking at the time, "We are men, we have big toes." Thinking that's a really weird bloody line. I don't know what that means. I mean, I didn't understand any of it, but that one seems. But I can't have sort of, I can't have constructed that in my memory. Surely, he must have done. It must have. He must have done. Yeah. For, well, for it to stand out like yeah, that. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Yeah, I mean, it would be a bit weird because, like I say, he never showed me a lyric at any other point. I don't believe. No. Must in be fact, joking. He'd, he'd go out of his way to hide. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, I th- we could, at least we could guarantee it wasn't about me and that, or you. So uh, I suppose it was all. Oh yeah. Well... <laughs> <laughs> right. So then, so Mark's on bass. He's he's nicked Mark, your so bass. Then, then, then of course they go and do that peel session. This the famous one where they go and do the peel session. Yeah. So what what was that? In your research, is that after? No, obviously that's before. Oh, was that well, after the... You're making the mistake game? here that I've done tons of research. I'm, I'm no, relying well, on your okay, memory. Well, was that, I'm taking it that was after the squat gig, then. 
I presume so. I, well, I don't know. So, hang on. When I saw him rehearse, I never saw him with Eric at all. I've never... I was going to say that I never knew the fall until I knew somebody in the band pretty well. You know, Mark, I knew... Right. I'd never come across them as a bunch of strangers, if you know what I mean, if that makes sense. No, well, we definitely went to rehearsal at, at Davidson's with Eric on bass. Because uh, I remember he thinking he was playing it with his fingers. Ah. And you couldn't really hear him that well. And right. It was a big change from yeah. Tony Friel. Right, yeah. So I'm assuming... I'm, so the, the, the night in question at the squat where... Mark had his T-shirt on. And Mark threw the chair at him. Uh, Eric? Yeah. All right, go on, you'll have to explain that. I don't know what it was about, whether he wasn't playing or he wasn't playing hard enough or he wasn't, I don't know, or he's making mistakes or whatever, but uh, Mark threw a wooden chair at him during the gig. Bloody not hell. like, not really violently, just sort of, you know, yeah. shoved it what, towards him. One of them friendly chair throws. <laughs> friendly throwing the chair. <laughs> yeah. The de- chair definitely left the floor. And <laughs> right. <laughs> right. But he, uh, not enough to cause injury. And not enough to cause him to leave either. Well, I'm taking that, that that obviously didn't go down well and there were some problems. Right. And then the next thing would have been the peel session. Where history has it, I mean, I'm not sure about this either. That history has it that he took exception to Steve's shirt, that's, Steve the driver's shirt, and wouldn't get in the van. I think there must have been a bit more to it than that. Yeah, but, but but the weird thing about that is, if you're planning on leaving the band, why would you wait until you're about to get in the van to leave? I mean, I know there was no mobile phones or anything, you didn't see people that often, but surely, Christ, you wouldn't wait till yeah. you pulled up outside your house if you're going to leave. To leave. Oh, well, maybe he wasn't going to leave, maybe he just didn't want to do that session. Because of Steve, Steve Davis' away. Well, <laughs> I'm sure there's more to it than that, isn't there? There must be. Yeah. <laughs> But, I mean, given the fact that Johnny Brown had lasted about three minutes, he must have known his card was marked. He must have known they weren't relying on him. Tony Friel, you could think, well, it, I'm, this is as much my band as anybody, so he could yeah, yeah. So, But Eric must have known he was, you know, he was skating on thin ice, that they could have got rid of him at a minute's notice if they'd wanted, presumably. Well, I suppose you could say that about anyone, though, couldn't you? Well, on, only then, only then, up until then, if, if you look at Una, Martin and Tony and Mark, there wasn't any uh, concept of somebody sharing anybody else, was there? Uh, sacking anybody else, really, was there? Cause they no, like a, no, a that's true. For there was no word. sort of hierarchy where, you, I suppose, that came to them, the... it, it, it was a band, wasn't it? Yeah. So when did that come in, then, after, after Tony left, presumably? I'm going to say more after Martin left. Well, no, but Mark, Mark Riley was definitely... He wasn't on the same level... Sort of, he was an apprentice, if you like, for want of a better word. Well, he was, yeah. Yeah, he must have been. Uh, so, yeah, I mean, that, that that's what the, what Mark always says is that he, Martin and Carl thought he was Mark's man, didn't they? Martin and Carl thought who? Sorry, thought, who was they Mark's thought man? Martin and Carl thought Mark Riley was kind of Mark Smith's man, like if you like, he was uh, sort of on his side rather than on their side. Right. They? they resented him a little was bit. Was the was the sides at that time as much? Well, it must have been getting there. Must have been getting there, yeah. Although Carl would have, Carl will have 
Tekken side who everybody, you know, whichever side he's been. Without a developer, would buy him a pint, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so did you see the fall many times with Mark Riley on base before you started roadieing then, or did you got that band on the wall? Not that many. We I think we start we started roadieing fairly straight away because we were obviously getting friendly at this time, and then when he well, well, we'll go back to the peel session and. Obviously, Eric did what for whatever reason he didn't get in the van. Right. So then Martin played the bass upside down, didn't he? Because he's left-handed. Yeah. I think they talked on the way back because Mark Riley was with them roadieing. And I think they talked on the way back about him joining. So you know, that, yeah. I don't think there was like loads of auditions or anything. No. I so, think he was pretty much straight in there. So how long after that then was Mark's first gig at the band on the wall? I can't be long then, can it? Can't have been long. Were you at that? Yeah, I presume you were. Yeah, yeah. There's that famous picture of that gig, isn't there? Uh, at that, he had my shirt and my face. <laughs> 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 the bleeding shirt off your back. Nearly on the stage. <laughs> <laughs> what, leave show business? That's my base and shirt up there. That, that's, you were getting there, weren't you? <laughs> Why did he have your shirt? Give me in. Why did he have your shirt? I gave him that. This is the only answer. Sure, I don't know why he wanted it because it was getting a bit washed no. out. By that the, was one of them shirts out, of, out the back of the NMA, wasn't it? Yeah. Did he wear that yeah. for the first gig? Bloody hell! I think he did. Yeah. Rough him out. I think he did. <laughs> I'm sure it had a hole in the armpit. <laughs> well, if you look, sure if you did. look on the sleeve of it, it's a new thing. You should be able to tell because he's got his arm up, hasn't he? See, well, he's got his arm up. Yeah, they might have the other arm. <laughs> 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 they were great, them two. They were great, no, them two. No, raise the right arm. No, no. <laughs> put it down. Put it up. <laughs> hey, I noticed Carl's not got his arm up all the way up on that. Christ Almighty, knocked him out. <laughs> <laughs> so how long there so there's a question for you here's a question for you Yvonne was before Mark Riley wasn't she yes she was so Una when did Una leave so the god man the signs are all there weren't they <laughs> you go and see them you go and see them and they've got a new bass player the second one then you go and see them they've got a new keyboard player <laughs> who the bleeding hell see so so, that, so that's so when I went Tony went Tony Freel then they got yeah. Tony Browning, and so mm -hmm. that was still Una, Mark, Carl, Martin, and then yeah. So then we've got Eric in. So where's Mike Lee coming? Hang on, wait, hang on, rewind. We've not got rid of him <laughs> yet. So who was playing keyboards on that session that Eric threw his dummy out? Was that Yvonne or was that Una? That was that was Yvonne. I don't think I I never saw him with Una, I don't think. Yes, you did. When we've did established I? you saw him at the Bleeding Electric Circus, and that's Una. Oh, yeah, yeah. OK, yeah, sorry. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> uh, yes, oh, yeah. I remember then, it. Then well. the magazine, yeah. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Do you not remember that? Oh, really I... memorable gig you saw the fall at the Electric Circus. But what I'm saying is I wasn't privy to why these people were coming and going. Well, no, you wouldn't be, no, I suppose. You weren't privy to why people were coming and going when you are in the bleeding band, never mind. <laughs> <laughs> it wasn't explained to you. No, no, I'm sure it wasn't. So, right, where are we? Right, so now we've got the band on the wall, we've got Yvonne and Mark Riley. So that's basically, that's the first album. That's it's a new thing. I remember thing. seeing that letter recently where Mark Smith wrote to Ian McCulloch. Oh, yeah. And he, and he mentions Mark Riley in it. 
All right, okay. He says, that, says I'm, I'm looking, you know, I'm looking forward to seeing you at our next gig. We've got a new bass player. Right. He looks like a young Brian Jones. He doesn't look like a young Brian bloody Jones. <laughs> I think he had the same haircut, didn't he? Yeah, well, one of the same. Well, yeah, he's got that page boy cut, you know, that sort of Prince Valiant haircut, hasn't he? Yeah. Got, yeah. yeah. <laughs> so, so then. Obviously, Ian McCulloch was privy to these discussions. Yeah, but... you weren't, yeah, yeah. Well, well, you, I wasn't, no. You used to write a lot of letters in them days, didn't you, Mark? He did. Yeah. He did. He's right. He used to write to people all the time, didn't he? Yeah, yeah. yeah. So now we've got Yvonne on keyboards. So you didn't know yeah. anything about that other than you turned up at a gig and Yvonne was on there? Yeah. And I know she was... I mean, we used to go around on Mark and Kays and she was living in one of the rooms. Right. Upstairs. Okay. Yeah, she, uh, she... How they got her, I think... And again, she wrote to them, I think. Wasn't there an advert in the NME or something? Or... Was there? I think so. Possibly. Because she wasn't from Manchester, was she? No, she was, was she Yorkshire. I think. Yeah. How long was Mark playing bass then before Martin left? Was that about a year? Because yeah, I rode it for about a year. Yeah. But the, but the band that me and Craig formed when after Mark joined the fall. Yeah. We supported them about nine times. Yes. So there was, you know, they had they had sort of ready-made roadies and support band. Yeah. Well, that was that. very good to us. It gave us loads of gigs, and they used to take us in their van and let us use their equipment. And we supported him in Bolden, Liverpool, Liverpool, London, Manchester. Yeah. Where did you support him in London? Uh, the Nashville. Blimey. Well, I suppose there was a bit like I mean, Buscox would sort started that, didn't they? Where you know you helped other bands out. And it was kind of the thing in Manchester then, wasn't it? I suppose Buscox helped well, out it was. Joy Division and the Fall a lot, didn't they? Yeah. I mean, they got them going, really, didn't they? Didn't they, they, didn't, uh, they lend <coughs> for Bingo Masters, the recording, wasn't that? That was Buzzcox, wasn't it? Yeah, well, the, well, I've read about that, I was reading about that recently, There's the Richard Boone that paid for the fall to go in the studio. And then were they going to release it? I wonder, I wonder if they were going to release it. I wonder if they were ever going to release it on New Hormones. Well, the, they were. They, it was going to be come out on that New Hormones label, but the Buzz, apparently the Buzzcox took off and they got so, so big and so busy that they didn't have time to run the label. Right, OK. So they gave the fall the tapes to take around to, to whoever, and they took them to step forward. Which was um, Mark Perry, of course, wasn't it? Yeah, but, I mean, the actual owner of the label was Miles Copeland. Yeah. Well, he had a few, there was a few, wasn't there? There was, there was like, Deptford Fun City was another one. Mm. It was the same label, really, wasn't it, I suppose? I think. It was what? It was the same label, really. It had a few different I think names. It was the same label, yeah. But there was there was quite a gap yeah. between that being recorded and coming out. The band was completely different, wasn't it, by the time it came out? Yeah. Well, you, you weren't in the band by the time that came out. You were in the band by the time um, Live at the Wish Charts came out, though, I think, weren't you? Mm, don't think so. Well, I know Carl was. Uh, sorry, I know Carl was gone. Carl wasn't. No, Carl was gone. So I wasn't in the band. No, I wasn't in the band when. Big Old Bastard Breakout came out. No. I remember that, do you know, the compilation from the Electric Circus. Yes. I mean, I remember buying that. Yeah, I remember and that. Taking it, and remember that, buying that when it first came out and taking it to Mark and Kay and they'd never seen it. Ten-inch blue vinyl, first. wasn't it? Worth a few bob that now. It's worth a few bob that now if you still had it. Oh, Yeah. Yeah, I know. Well, I was thinking that about the event. You had spiral scratch as well. That'd be worth a few bob. And that ideal for living. Yeah, blimey. In the 
in the folded paper sleeve. Yeah, with the bloody Yitley youth all over it. <laughs> we were never nasty. Gave, gave that to somebody. Did you? Yeah. Why? I don't know. Bloody lunatic. <laughs> so, you've got a year supporting, or thereabouts. Yeah. That was that was Staff 9. A good band, Staff 9, actually. They were, yeah. They are pretty good. Yeah. Although, Craig never got home with a singer, did he? Really? Oh, I don't think... He was a funny guy. Who, Craig? <laughs> we know that, that we know. <laughs> no, Graham the singer. Why? In what way? Uh, I, I know Mark Smith played it up a lot, but he was very, quite religious and talked a lot about church. And... He ought to be, yeah. Not... No, nothing wrong with that. No, no, he was all right. I just got on all right with him. Yeah. Well, I auditioned for his band. That's how we. I got in his band. Right, so this will be when That's Mark... That's I met him. So this will be when After Mark... Mark joined the fall, right. before me and Craig, Craig formed Staff Nine, I auditioned for his band, and he had, like, a rehearsal room in his shed in Old Trafford. And I got in that band, but there was only three of us, and it, I don't know what happened, but it didn't work out. So is it different... So then, so then you you had him in mind when you formed a band with... So I had him in mind when me and Craig decided to put a band together, yeah. Right, OK. So we kind of glossed over the sirens. Uh, if, I'm, if I'm rightly, if I remember this right, the drummer. So that, I auditioned for that band, and I can't remember what we what we were called. But uh, the drummer was in an early incarnation of Joy Division before Steve Morris. Yeah. Right. Okay. Well, that's in Steve Morris's book, isn't it? Where he's got, he sees two out two adverts, one for a band from Macclesfield and one for the Fall, and he goes for the band from Macclesfield. He could really? Have, he could, yeah, yeah. He could have ended up joining the Fall. Uh, I presume that's before Carl. It must have been, mustn't it? Must have been, yeah. So you're rehearsing... Re- so that talk- gives you a shot of what... A bit of a, a shot of what Manchester was like. Yeah, yeah I think you'd write your own ticket if you were a drummer, wouldn't you? There weren't many of them yeah. about. No. Well, he said that. John Marr, he started off as on the guitar. He wasn't very good. And he looked at all the adverts, the enemy, and every every other bloody one was for... They were all for drummers. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, well, I mean, I'd like to think that there was method in my deciding to play the drums, but I don't I think... I just think it was, I couldn't play anything else, but... So, you're rehearsing... Go on. We had that kit in the bedroom that I bought. Yeah, that's right, yeah. Well, well, did a... I buy it, or did you no, buy no, it? No, I got it for Christmas. I got it for Christmas. I presume right. you bought it for me for Christmas, or, you know, not... Right. You, you wouldn't have paid okay, for it. Yeah. Well, that was from the guy out of... That was from the guy out of um, The Sirens, wasn't it? Was I think, it? I think so, yeah. Pretty sure it was. Well, it was only half a kit you got from him, and then we sort of assembled the rest of it, bits and bobs. Yeah, but... yeah. Didn't have a floor tom. Didn't have a floor tom, no. Famously. Um, well, not that famously. So, anyway, you're cutting ahead again here. I'm still a callow youth at this point. So, you're playing with Staff 9 up and down the country, supporting the fall. And then, so the next thing that happens is the gig at the factory, the Iggy Pop gig, where Martin decides he's going to leave. Yeah, I mean, we've not, I don't, I, we've not got into how Mike Lee gets into all Oh, yeah, I didn't mind. I forgot about Mike Lee, yeah. So, Mark Riley's in the band with Carl, yeah. Right, of course, yeah. And then Carl decides to leave, doesn't he? Yeah. Why? Because he. Why? I mean, he was. Every, every second review said how great he was. So I suppose he was. This to well, again, it, this is uh, this is a story, isn't it? That everyone was t- kept telling him how great he was, and that he could yeah. be in any band, which is true, isn't well, it? It is true, definitely. Yeah, yeah. All right. And he should be going to London, and didn't he get? A, didn't he have an audition for Iggy Pop? Is that right? Or did he, he did. That? He did. Yeah, he did have an audition, and then he obviously. He ended up in Public Image Limited. So that was Richard got him that, I believe. Richard Thomas got him the Public Image gig. 
because obviously he knows everybody. Richard was uh, yeah, he managed yeah. the band yeah. a, bit, a bit later on, but he was promoter in London, money. But um, so he got mad. I don't know who got in. How he got the pub, the Iggy Pop one, but he didn't get the gig, did he? No, he didn't. Well, I believe not. <laughs> right. So then, so Carl left because he was the next big thing. Yeah. Uh, he was going to set the world on fire or set his bed on mm. fire. One of the two. Um, <laughs> Probably both. <laughs> but, uh... <laughs> so then that is... Which is a shame, because you can imagine Carl being in Guns N' Roses or something. Oh, like. easy, yeah. Yeah, I mean, he, he was good he enough. Wasn't that he, good. he was brilliant, yeah. yeah. I yeah. mean, that's the, the... I mean, rightly or wrongly, I mean, that first Fall album, Christ almighty, the drums are twice as loud as everything else put together, aren't they? I mean, yeah. so the, the, the producer must have realised how bleeding good he was. Yeah. Never like never like the snare sound on that first album myself, but there you go. <laughs> <laughs> That's a bit technical. What's wrong with it? It's, it doesn't sound... It's, it's like a bloody... I don't know. It's like a cardboard box or something. It's horrible. Mm-hmm. Anyway, I digress. So, how on earth... You'll have been party to this as the head rolled it. When did they make the decision to get Mike Lee to replace Carl Burns? I don't know. I know he was a friend of Mark's sister... And she recommended him, but it's a total change, isn't it? Unbelievable difference, which is, Unbelievable. isn't necessarily a bad thing, but it was really weird, that first gig, that one, that was a boredom. Did you, did you play with them at that? or No, I was there. I was there, yeah, because obviously I was a massive fan of Carl's. You, I mean, everybody yeah. who saw Carl was a massive fan of Carl's, weren't they? Oh, yeah. But it was such a weird thing to see him play, especially on, it wasn't so bad on the new stuff, but seeing him play Psycho Mafia and music scene was just, what the Yeah, yeah. I don't know whether they just thought, whether that was down to personalities and they thought, or, or maybe it had something to do with the fact that he didn't drink and he had a van. <laughs> <laughs> so we, 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 got, we got this singer in who had his own rehearsal room. All right, OK. Yeah. Well, yeah. <laughs> there were things you did have to take into consideration. Back Surely then. the fall, the fall every gig was a paying gig, wasn't it? I mean, that, yeah. that's that's the thing that you kind of forget. How big... How big I or, don't think they were great paying gigs, though. They weren't. I mean, you weren't on wages. He wasn't on wages, Mark Riley, was he then? Or did he go on wages straight away? Or I remember the discussion about Mark, because, you know, back then everyone used to sign on, didn't they? Yeah. And you'd get your whatever it was. What was it? £13 a week or something. And... That the discussion, I think what what it was was everybody hung out as long as they could. Do you know, obviously they'd be, they'd be some in some time they'd be out happy to get a job. Yeah, <laughs> they wanted to give you this forever. No, so I, I think how it worked was everyone hung on as long as they could. Yeah, but when you start, so when you started getting grief off of the social social, you were paid that equivalent. Right, okay. That I know makes that's, sense. How, that's how it worked with me. So I had that summer where I'd left college and I was signing on and then carried on signing mm. on. But once they started hassling you and putting a time limit on you and sending you for interviews, you'd get your dole money replaced by your wages. So the same amount, 13 quid? Yeah, it's exactly the same amount. <laughs> <laughs> that's, fair, that's fair enough. Because I. Yeah. It's difficult to quantify how big or how small bands were then. Do you know what I mean? How big were the fall? I mean, you think of every band that came out of that Sex Pistols gig as being, you know, instantly touring, paying their own way bands. But, I mean, I think Joy Division were all still working for a while as well until the yeah, first I think so. album. Yeah, yeah. I don't think that... The, if you see them 
I don't know it's in what it's worth in relative terms, but if you see them posters from back then, it, it's like 80p, isn't it? Or yeah. A pound. Well, it ain't, so it ain't a fortune, you, is it? Well, even, you know. No. I think the gigs were relatively cheap, weren't they? Yeah, I think they were, yeah. These tellies, that's that's come full circle now because obviously no one buys the album, but the t- gig tickets cost a fortune. Well, but I think back then it was. So if you're not selling it or you're just working on your first album and you're touring, yeah. I don't think you were making a load. No, it must have been, people must have been living for pretty uh, austere lives to do it then because yeah. it wasn't like you could say I'll take a week off work because it was it was like drips and drabs, wasn't it? As well, that's the other thing. You weren't no, tall, no. Once you're in the fall, well, that was it. That was it. There was no you couldn't do anything else. No, because it was like two gigs a week, maybe a Tuesday and a Thursday, and then yeah. The Saturday, and then next week it'd be a Wednesday. You couldn't, you couldn't but sustain no, you a could, career. No, you couldn't work on a routine about. It. I don't know how, but they, they don't know. But they seemed to come fairly fast. The gigs, didn't they? Yeah, yeah. I mean, certainly by the time I was on board, they were yeah. pretty much playing all the time. We're playing they? here in two weeks, or we're playing yeah. here in a month, or whatever. Yeah. But I think they did it very well. The fall, they did that very well. They, they did that sort of building up the following mm-hmm. by just circling Manchester and all yeah. the places around it, didn't they? They were, yeah. all, were always playing like Oldham, Bolton, Preston and Wakefield and yeah. and they built it up from the ground like that, didn't so they? It was kind of that, like that and London, wasn't it, really, I think? Yeah, well, yeah. The odd, the odd trip to Scotland and the odd trip to the Midlands, but mostly I seem to remember it being like places you could get back from. Suppose there was not a lot of hours, hotels, was there? A couple of hours drive outside... Because that, that was a big thing, as I recall, that trip to Belfast. Or was it Bel- was it Belfast or was it Derry? I can't remember. But... That was a big thing, yeah. Well, it was that big that me and Craig didn't, couldn't go. Right, yeah. <laughs> I mean, it, it, wasn't, it, wasn't, just... it wasn't a trip to be taken lightly in them days, was it? A trip to Belfast. No, it wasn't, no. Because there's a, there's a bit what of the that? fanzine, isn't there, about it, on the back of the first album? Was it Alternative Ulster? There's a clip from the uh, fanzine on the back of the first, on Live of the Witch Trials. Right. The fanzine that while they were over there. Well, at least they actually did the gig, didn't they? They did, yeah, yeah. Because I remember, I remember Mark Riley telling me that he had to learn Last Orders. He'd never yes, played it because, because that was the only two songs that they knew. That, that was they the only song that they knew over there. Yeah, that yeah. and Stepping Out, yeah. which they still did, didn't they? Stepping yeah. Out was still in the set, bizarrely. But well, there wasn't a, the funds for me and Craig to go. No, I can bet there wasn't. And they were fairly big then, the four. They were. Because I remember the first gig after they got back from Belfast and the, when they were telling us all about it, they were supporting somebody at the Lyceum, which is... That's a pretty big, yeah, yeah. Pretty big, yeah. So who was in the band then? That Was that still Carl then? Yes, it was. Right. Okay. I think it was, yeah. I think Carl went to Belfast, didn't he? I don't think Mike went. I don't know. I, I wouldn't have a clue. But as I say, I mean, was, the, ta- the chronology gets a bit screwed up because things got released late. Records that you kind of you kind of do the timeline by the records, but they got released later, didn't they? So live at the witch trials was Carl was gone by the time it came out. As I say, and Mike, Mike, Mike was on board, so you can't really. It's, it gets a bit fluid, doesn't it, about what was happening when? Yeah. Right. I'm sure we could find out. I'm sure we could. <laughs> It's more surely it's more fun to just talk rubbish for the yeah yeah. Just... <laughs> so then, how much of the time was Mike? How long before you joined? After Mike joined, then again, it's difficult to probably a few months, three right. months maybe. Right. I don't think uh, 
when definitely when we went to the Nashville right so that year most of, I think most of them gigs that when we were supporting them Carl was in right so I don't think there was very long I don't think there was there, there was there was only about half a dozen gigs with Martin and Mike right because they ne- well certainly they never recorded anything did they well they didn't no and that's true they didn't even do a peel session so it can't have been long, can it? Bizarrely, uh, Mike never did a peel session. Never did one, did he? I don't think. Because I think there was a bit where the the you know the, for all that John Peel goes on about. No, stage, I think you're, I don't. I think you, me and you did the we our first one was the same one, yeah. But yeah, that's what I was going to say, yeah. But um, I I, why? Because Mike know. was in it for a while. He was, but I think I don't think John Peel was that enamoured. Up until 1980, I think he, he, they were, they had, we were in for sessions because obviously they were at that level that bands played sessions. And John, John Walt, yeah, John Walt was really liked. Yeah, yeah. But I'm not so sure John Peel was that mad keen on the Witch Trials kind of lineup. Right. Maybe. I mean, but, it, but he certainly. Well, he, he had him in for twice, didn't he? Yeah, he, so, he did two. Yeah, sessions. they did two sessions before ours, didn't they? Yeah, but but from. Mark did one, did that did one with Mess of My Age, but then there was a while then before there was another. It was like, a, it must have been a year, at least. It must have been. if it, it was time for Mike to join, Mike to leave, you and Craig to join, and me to join before they did another one. Yeah, it must have been quite a gap, though. Quite, that's, it must and, be the biggest... And, and to record Dragnet. Yeah. Maybe maybe he just didn't like Mike Strumming, John Pale, maybe that's what it was. Maybe. <laughs> 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 I like to think he came to bloody hell they've got that young lad on the drums get them back in quick get them in there about time they did another session <laughs> oh man that was so good that first John Peel session wasn't it it was really good yeah that was we did it I, 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 if I'm not mistaken we did it while we were recording Grotesque didn't we I think we did like Rochdale and then we were not down in London to record at Grant's. Then we did the session. Because I seem to remember we did Container Drivers one day in Grant's and then the next day at the BBC. Day at the BBC. Possibly, I think. yeah. Because everyone goes on about the Peel session bit, being better, but bit, it ain't. Bit of a different setup. <laughs> Why? Them two studios. Not kidding. Slight, slightly, <laughs> more, slightly more room at the BBC. <laughs> just Jesus a bit. Jesus Christ. Can you just see your it up in this wardrobe? Yeah, no problem, yeah. Oh, we won't be able to let you out. Christ. <laughs> anyway, we're definitely skipping ahead here. Martin was still in the band. We were at the, we were at the uh, factory watching Iggy Pop, if you if you recall. Yeah. Right. So you were you at well, that? The... Did you go to that? Yeah. Right. Okay. So when did you hear that Martin... So Martin, presumably, presumably you weren't all stood round with one finger in your ear while Iggy Pop was playing, listening to Martin. No, it's, Martin. it was before. Right. I need to remember the conversation going on before we were in. It was funny enough. It was me, Mark, and Craig, and Ian Curtis. Hey, them were the days, eh? I said, yeah. to, I said to Ian, I said. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And then Martin turned up later and said he and said he told Mark and Kay he was leaving. So he didn't tell them at the gig then, or did he? No, no, they weren't. From, were they at the gig? I don't know. I, well, I, all I know is the story that I've heard and. I put it in our bleeding guesses that he told Mark at that gig. Now that might not be true. I mean, you know, I mean, he told him that day. Yeah, definitely told him that day, and he definitely told us that night. So he, he, in theory, he could have been impressed with it, and Mark 
didn't go to that. But I'm sure, I'm, I'm sure Mark said before now that he was at that game. He was probably one. Well, yeah, I don't think Iggy, I don't think Iggy Pop coming to the Russell Club, he wouldn't have not gone to that. Would no he? way, no, no. Not even if he lost his guitar inside. <laughs> 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 oh, okay. I'll get me. Just get me ticket. Me. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> he was out, bro. So he must have been fairly shook up by that, Mark. Well, you'd think, wouldn't you? You would think so. I mean, even even with all the lineup changes, and and by now he's like following his own path through it all. Yeah, yeah. You must. You thought that you know it, it did become that no one's indispensable. Yeah, yeah. But thought, it wasn't then. I mean, you know, it's like it's not then. He's like main songwriter, backing vocalist, and oh, I, I mean, he wasn't. He was by far the main songwriter, wasn't he? I don't think Yvonne was writing much. No. Mark wasn't writing much then, Mark Riley. No, he wasn't. So by no. the time of that, by that, that time... He was writing everything then. He was writing Riley, everything, wasn't he? Pretty much, I think. So, so yeah, you'd think he'd be chucked up with, by that, wouldn't you? Yeah, yeah. But what's interesting about that, and Martin's talked about this, is he, he's, he said he thought the fall, he wasn't sure the fall would carry on, and then he ended up teaching Craig all this I saw that recently, yeah. yeah. I'm trying to remember if that was true and if I remember it happening, but... Well, put it this way, as long as I've known Craig, he was never the best person for cover versions, was he? No. And he had, if you look at the songs on Dragnet, um, Printhead and Put Away and Figure Walks, he had them pretty much boxed off, didn't he? So someone must have bleeding shot him. Someone must, yeah. So it probably was true, wasn't yeah. it? Which is pretty good of Martin. Very good of him, yeah, yeah, definitely. Yeah. You seem to think that people leave bands and there's loads of animosity and loads of arguing and all that. And, but Cer- and never certainly that would be the impression with the fall, but it's not true, is it? Like you say, if they, they were at Tony Friel, they were at his gig, and then Una yeah. came back, didn't she, for a bit, I think, didn't she? She did, and she was always there after she left. She was always at the gigs, well, she, she was... played with Staff Nine for a bit. Yeah, right. Well, her and, her and Martin were, the, were the, quite the item then, weren't they, I think? Well, they were, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, so I mean, that, she yeah. played she played with Staff Nine at Eric's when we supported the fall. Right. So it was all very uh, it was all very civilised, wasn't it, I think? It was, yeah. So then there's a mad scrap so you must have thought you must have thought at that point, oh no, they'll get Craig in on guitar, God, Matt's yeah. on bass and I'm yeah. bollocks, dear. Yeah, that'll be me. <laughs> <laughs> so whose idea I, I didn't have the faintest idea that that I'd get into that band. So whose idea oh, it's was it? It's obvious, isn't it? You just think Craig, Craig could be the obvious replacement. Yeah, yeah. That we've been travelling around with them for a year, so we obviously know it. They've been to our gigs, and yeah. we've seen us enough times. Yeah. And we supported, watched, obviously watched us when we supported them, and we'd spent enough time in the back of vans up and down motorways to know that we got on. Craig, you just think, and Craig was. Left-handed. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know if that made the difference. But so, so who had the idea then for Mark to move to guitar? Whose idea was that? Well, so I, I think it was the very next day after that Iggy Pop gig, right? That we got the call to go round to Mark's and Kay's flat. All right, and uh, so Craig was Craig which was giving no his... mean fit, which, is, which was no mean fit. How did they get on? What did he do? Stand on the bleeding roof with two flags? How did he? <laughs> well, I think we had the party line, didn't we? Was <laughs> 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 the neighbour had finished on the party line? Yeah, yeah, I suppose so. We did have a phone. Yeah. Hey, we did have a phone by then. I think. Have, no, I remember speaking to Kay a few times from the house. Right on the phone. 
Right. And I think she did ring and say, can you come around tomorrow, you and Craig and Mark, and we'll have a chat. Right, OK. But I still didn't think that I'd be getting in the van. Blimey. Well, you must have speculated between you and Mark. You must have... On the bus on the way there. Well, maybe. What are you talking about on the bus on the way there? Well, we watched we watched the, the Sweeney the night before, so we talked about... <laughs> so then... But, uh, yeah, I suppose we must have, because... Oh, I always imagined that Mark Riley had a chat. I always imagined that Mark Riley had had a chat and said, "What you need, what we should do is I should move to guitar and should get Craig and Steve in." It was his idea. And I don't know. Yeah. That, I don't know that that's true. I don't know that's true because there's 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 a one. I think it's in Mark. It's in Mark Smith had admit that it was anything else's idea. No, yeah, well, he, it's in his book, I think, or it's definitely in an interview where he says, "Oh, we I watched them. We watched the support band staff nine, and I said to Kate, we've got the wrong bass player there.' But I'm sure that's the benefit no, of hindsight. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I've seen staff nine. You you weren't all that. I wasn't. <laughs> 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 well, it, well, it worked out really well, didn't it? They'd seen the red hot chilli peppers the night before. <laughs> <laughs> but it worked out really well. I think that that lineup with Mike Lee was much. It made much more sense musically than the when because it was kind of a clean break there, wasn't it? Once you, once Martin had gone and Carl had gone, it was like a, it, was, it was a different band, really, wasn't it? I suppose. It's a different band, wasn't it? Yeah. So it worked a lot better. I mean, I don't know. Was that because you were writing with Mike Lee in mind, or well, it must have been really, mustn't it? I suppose. Well, it must have been because we wouldn't have done them rockabilly tracks, would no, we? No, no. Fire Jack. Jack. Well, I mean, I can't imagine for a whether minute. Whether it's writing with him in his mind, or whether, or whether you've just that's the only way you've ever heard it. Yeah. Know? But I mean, there wasn't a country and western song in the Witch Trials lineup, was there? In a million so, years, no, no chance. No. There was no way they were doing ding digga ding digga ding digga ding. No chance. No, there was none of that, was there? No, so? not at all. No, it was all four on the floor, wasn't it? Straight four, four. Yeah. That, well, I mean, to be fair, that was pretty. That was pretty um, out there then, wasn't it? It was a bit like Pill doing disco. It was bands didn't really do that kind of rockabilly. Punk bands didn't do country too much. I don't know where that came from. Well, obviously Mike's influence must have crept in a bit. Yeah. But I mean, I know Mark liked Johnny Cash. Yeah. But it's got. It must have been. You know, it was quite the departure, wasn't it? Well, it was. Uh, Fiery Jack. Yeah. I mean, I mean, it's, it's. I mean, so that was my second single, wasn't it? Was yeah. It? Oh, no, our third was it? Second. Yeah, the, yeah. Thingy was the first, wasn't it? Rose Rumble. Yeah, and then was was our Elastic Man. That was me. Cheers, that mate. That was you. Sorry. Cheers, mate. <laughs> the only song, my second one was Fire. Yeah, I remember yeah. we recorded Fire Jack just after Dragnet, yeah. Was that in Wales so, or somewhere? Pardon? That was in Wales, wasn't it? Yeah. Because uh, Rolls Rumble, I mean, people talk about the production on Dragnet being weird, but the production on Rolls Rumble is bizarre. It sounds like it's been played at the bottom of a barrel or something, doesn't it? It's, it's... Well, I think all the Dragnets are like that, isn't it? Yeah, but that wasn't that wasn't grand. That was Rose Rumble was awesome, wasn't it? Yeah. Ozzy's same, Oz, stu- same studio. Yeah, Ozzy's Oz McCormick, obviously, he was the Falls live sound man. I mean, he was every band's live sound man, wasn't he? I think in Manchester, pretty much. Everyone. Yeah. Not Buscox. Buscox had their own, didn't they? 
Because of their own PA, I think. But Joy Division, certainly. And then, you know, everybody you, everybody you ever went to see, Oz and Eddie and Di were doing the sound of the PA for in them days, yeah. I think. Right up to the... Well, right, well the Smiths nicked, nicked them, didn't they? Yeah. Along with Grant. And they worked with Joy Division, worked with New Orleans, yeah. Charlatans. Yeah. James. James, possibly. of course. I think, and pretty much everybody, I think. They must have been busy. Yeah. We must have. Oh yeah, we must. We must, we must mention that. God rest his soul. And Eddie spirals. Hunt. Yeah. Yeah, because he died recently. He died recently, didn't, didn't he? Yeah. I mean, they were great, yeah. weren't they? There, them three. Yeah. What a team they were. They were. They were. It was like they were like. So I can. I can. I've never done it, but I can imagine it's a bit like when you're an apprentice. Yeah. They t- kind of taught you the ropes of touring. Oh, you're not while, kidding! Bloody hell! While taking, while taking the piss. While taking mammoth, <laughs> mammothly taking the piss. Jesus, but man. with a good art though. Do you oh, know? definitely, yeah. I mean, you know, yeah. I'd never, I'd they never. Taught, they taught you how to tour, and they taught you what to pack and what to bring with you, and yeah, what you yeah. needed, and uh, just how to handle it all, and when to start drinking, and when <laughs> not to. Eddie, Eddie Allen taught me how to tune a snare drum. Because I didn't have yeah. a bleeding clue. He said, yeah. you're going to have to do something with that snare drum. And you know, I, I didn't have a clue. What do you mean, tuning it? This is what it was like when I bought it. <laughs> I mean, seriously, I, I knew absolutely nothing. He taught me all that. Mm. That was all him and where, you know, and he, he put the mics on and all that. And you, you want to try moving this a bit closer and all that kind of thing. Because I, I didn't have a bleed. Obviously, I didn't have a clue. I didn't know another drummer. I'd had, I've had a couple of conversations with Carl and Mike, but not about drums. Never discussed no. drum. I'd never discussed drums or drum sounds or anything with anybody in my life. No. So that, that, thinking about it, yeah, but that was definitely Eddie because he was the he was the uh, on stage sound guy, wasn't he? Yeah, the monitors. Yeah. So like you say, he taught me he taught me how to do all that, and in between mercilessly ripping the piss out of me at every occasion <laughs> for being your little brother or being the band's little brother, really. Yeah. Oh, we all got it. <laughs> oh, yes. <laughs> <laughs> held, held me in great esteem over his steaming turd in the toilet, that bloke. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I was going to say that, but... Yeah. Come, Come on, have a look at this. I'd rather not, Ed, if you're all right, mate. No, pick me up and carry me in. <laughs> I wish I could say I'd remember whether it was impressive or not, but I've managed to block it from my memory for the not. But anyway, God rest his soul. The boiled egg incident. I'll never live that down. I'll never live that down. <laughs> but, but it's coming to something when a young lad in on his first tour of Holland, it's getting excesses of the rock and roll lifestyle. It comes to something when he can't ask his older brother to take the top off his boiled egg. Without the bloody sound man taking the piss out of him. I can... <laughs> no, it's I was no good at I was no good at taking the top off boiled eggs. Well, do, do you know they tend to boil them eggs pretty hard on the continent? Like a bleeding boy, like taking the top of a golf ball. <laughs> <laughs> ah, Christ almighty. Fresh you're out thinking... of Manchester in your three yeah. minute egg. Yeah. Yeah, I think you think I'd have thought on. <laughs> right, well, OK, and on that bombshell, I think we're going to have to call this a day for our first discussion. That went well, didn't it? We went from, uh, we went from you joining we the did. band to uh, me taking the top off my boiled egg. So um, <laughs> I, think, I, think, I think we've left a bit in the canister for next time. Yeah. So Just getting warmed up. Thanks for joining us this week on Old Brother. Please follow us on Twitter, at Old Brother Show, where you can subscribe via iTunes, Stitcher or RSS you'll never have to miss an episode. While you're at it, give us a rating on iTunes, or if that's too much like hard work, at least tell your mates about us. 
You might also want to check out our books, The Bid Midweek and Leave the Capital, available from Root Publishers and all good bookstores. Hope to see you all again soon. Remember, if you're driving, take your car. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no-brainers. And if you have a lot of mailing to do, Stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer. It streamlines your processes to make your business more efficient, which makes you less busy. Mail checks, invoices, legal documents, and everything you need to keep your business running with Stamps.com. Seamlessly connect with every major marketplace and shopping cart. Schedule package pickups and see your cheapest and fastest shipping options from different carriers. With rates up to 89% off USPS and UPS rates. And with the Stamps.com mobile app, you can take care of mailing and shipping wherever you are. Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Sign up with code PROGRAM for a 4-week trial, plus free postage and a free digital scale. No long-term commitments or contracts. That's stamps.com. Code program.